0: You are listening to Wisdom with Trish. This is episode 40. Is it true? Lessons I've Learned from Byron Katie. Welcome to Wisdom with Trish. I'm Trish, I'm your host. I'm a mom to six kids. I've been married to my sweetheart for 28 years, and I'm a life coach. But most of all, and why we're all here, is I spent 30 years chronic dieting. Yep. Most of my life, I've spent trying to be in a smaller body. And this podcast is about my journey to turning to God and trusting Him to not diet anymore. I found a path of health and a path of loving the space I take up in the world. And I'm here now to help other women do the same. So I'm so glad you're going to join me on the journey. All right, here we go. Hello, hello, hello. All right, everybody. It's Christmas time around here. And I don't know if it's because of COVID, but I have never enjoyed my Christmas tree and Christmas music, and the lights, and all of it, as much as I have this season. I've just, I'm like drinking it, I love it so much. So I hope that your life feels like that too, that because the world is weird, simple things just seem so wonderful. So that's how it is over here at our house. But today, I'm super excited to introduce you to, and it might not, you might already be familiar with this work, but I'm super excited to introduce you to a tool that I have used that I want to show you, and it's a tool that I use with the women that come to work with me. Um, I use it with them to help them. So we're going to do talk about it here on the podcast today, and I'm really excited about it, and I think that it's going to just blow your mind. That's that's how good it is. So recently, I have been diving into Byron Katie's work. And I don't know if you know who Byron Katie is, but she is a woman that lived most of her life. She was a mom. She um, had a very successful, successful career. And then in her 40s, she went into a deep depression and I'm probably butchering her story and it's probably better than what I'm explaining, but basically she goes through a hard time. And then one day she just wakes up and she's a completely different person. And she would say that the work that she does, she calls it the work that it came to her. And then she started using it in her life. And then she uses it on like people would just come to her and it's beautiful. And you should really go read her books. If you're on Audible, that's how I like to listen because she actually interviews people in her books and it's actual voices and it's wonderful. So anyway, but Byron Katie's work has really helped me with the, my relationship with my body. And I know if it's helped me, it will help you. And it helps the peop- the women that come to, to me for help. It absolutely helps them. So I want to chat about her, the work she does and the power in it it's amazing and it's just so super simple so when you um in our life sorry as i'm putting my thoughts together in our life we all have thoughts and something that i notice and that about myself and in others is we all believe that our thoughts are facts that if the thought that we have that that is true and that that's a fact And the work is what kind of shakes that up and helps you question things that you believe are facts. Because one thing that I have learned is that thoughts are not facts, thoughts are optional. And, but we just don't always think that, right? We believe that usually the thing that we're struggling with is a true thing that we have to tackle. So she. Byron gives, or they call her Katie actually, Byron Katie, she has these four questions that she asks when you need to figure out if a thought you have is true or not and if it's a thought worth keeping. So the first thing she asks is, if you have a thought you're struggling with, is is it true? And then she goes to, do you know for sure that it's true? And then the third question is, who do I, how do I show up with that thought? Like, who am I with this thought? And then the fourth one is, who would I be without the thought? And then she asks you to turn the thought around, kind of turn it completely around and say it backwards, whatever the thought is. So I thought of some examples today to kind of explain this, because I think that no matter who you are listening to this podcast, you have something you're struggling with right now. It might be about your body. It might be about maybe this process of eating plants, if that's why you're here. Um, It might be with your husband. It might be with your children. It might be with your mother-in-law. It doesn't matter what the circumstance is that you're dealing with. It doesn't matter what the challenge is. You have thoughts about that challenge, and we are going to go investigate the thought that you have, okay? So this is the first example I thought about was I had a friend come to me and she was telling me about, like, she just was like, Trish, I know I should be eating plants. I know that what I should be doing. And, you know, she's she just frustrated. She was frustrated where she was at with in her process. And so I just asked her, I said, well, why do you want to lose weight? Why? why? And she, so her answer was, well, my body holds me back in my business. And then she even went on and said, and it holds me back in my motherhood. So this is her thought, right? My body holds me back in my business and in motherhood. And she's saying this to me like it's facts. Like she believes that this is the case, right? So let's do the work. Let's do the work and ask the four questions. And she's not here on the podcast to ask, But we can just look at this and all of us in our own minds question it, right? And ask the questions and see where it takes us. So first of all, is it true? Does your body hold you back in your business? Is that true? And when you ask the question, is it true? There's not a right or wrong answer. You have to really decide or go in and like really look at it and think, is it true? So my body holds me back in my business. Let's just start with that one. Is it true? Well, we could say bodies are just bodies and bodies show up for us and bodies do their part, right? So is her body like tack, like, like holding her back and making her not do something in her business? Can you see that? Probably not. So that's my guess. And then if, let's say, we decide, well, yes, it's true. She really can't do some things in her business. So then we'd have to go ask, well, do we know for sure that it's true? Well, even in that case, I don't know that we could for sure say that her body holds her back in her business. I don't know that her body has the ability to do that. Now, maybe if she is not like a gym instructor like an exercise what would you call that instructor she's not that maybe if that was your job that there would be truth in there but can you see there's not is it true if she was sitting here I think she would say okay no that's not true and then let's go to the third question who am I with this thought so I would love to ask her who are you when you think my body holds me back Well, basically, it creates the body becomes the enemy, right? Like the body now is the problem. And how do we show up with problems in our lives? Not always with love, not always with caring, not always with um, kindness, right? And a lot of times when it comes to our body, when we're frustrated with our body, we really just show up and we um, do the opposite of what our body needs, and if she was here sitting with me, I would say that she would say that, that she's doing self-sabot- self-sabotaging behaviors because of that thought. And then let's go to the next question. Without it, who are you without this thought? So if you just no longer chose to have that thought anymore, who would you be? Who would you be without that thought? So you no longer think my body holds me back. i just, that's just not, on, that's not an option anymore. I'm not gonna think that anymore. Who then would you be? I would guess that she would want, she would say, oh, all of a sudden I'm not at war with my body anymore. My body's not the problem. I might actually do what's in the best interest of it if I'm not battling it all the time, right? And then let's do the last one. Let's turn it around. So who am I? Or we already said that. Who am I without this thought? And then the turnaround. Completely turning the thought around. My body holds me back in my business. How do we turn that around? I hold me back in my business. And you can always put your thought in the space of what the thing that's the problem. So my thoughts hold me back in my business. See that turnaround? Pretty powerful stuff. Is it true? Do I know for sure that it's true? And then the third one is, who am I with this thought? And then who would I be without the thought? So one of the areas of my life, and it's not about my body, but it is about my husband, And I think he'll be okay if I share this. (laughs) But when I first um, learned about my husband's diabetes, it was just three months after we went plant-based. We learned about his diabetes. And if you know anything about diabetes, if you have an A1C, so an A1C is your three-month marker of what your insulin does over three months. And if you have an A1C number of anything higher than seven, then you have diabetes. And if you're in the six range, then you have prediabetes. Well, my husband's number was 12. It's high. It's a very high number. And if, I've said it on the podcast before that the, uh, that diabetes runs rampant in his family. They be, they are type two diabetics and then they become type one diabetics and then they tend to be on insulin the rest of their lives. That happens in his family. And I would say it's partly genetic and I would say that it's partly lifestyle. I would say it's both. And so he got this high number and I went in full, I am a solution finder, like that is who I am. I am a fixer. If you come to me with a problem, don't be talking to me about your problem thinking we're not going to fix it. Now you can say to me, Trish, I don't need you to fix my problem. I just need to tell you about it. And I'll be there for you. But my brain wants to fix things. So of course my husband gets this diagnosis and I'm like, I have the solution. I have this. We already know what to do. And I just went full gangbusters on him, on we are we're already doing this. He hadn't like really super been on board yet, but I'm like, oh, now you're on board. We're going to do this. This is what we're doing. So I lived in that space for a long time thinking I was like saving Dell's life and I was doing all the things. Well, of course, who likes their life to be super micromanaged? I don't want anyone micromanaging my life. (laughs) And so this thought I had that I could micromanage Dell and I could be in charge of Dell's health was something that I really like felt almost like a superhero about like this is something I'm doing for my family this is I'm helping my husband and I super micromanaged him like I would tell him what to eat what not to eat like we're at restaurants and I'm like pointing out to him what he can have and poor guy that he I mean who wants that nobody wants that but I'm not looking at it that way I'm looking at it like I'm just helping him right So over the last two and a half years, I'm figuring out he's not doing it so much as what I think he's doing it. And so I've had to move to a space of I'm not in charge of him. And that has actually been not so easy for me because I want to be in charge. I want, that's just kind of something I do. I, you know, it's funny because I super don't like to micromanage my children, but I love to micromanage my husband. (laughs) So this is something I've been working on. And I had kind of a breakthrough m- moment in a coaching session. And in that coaching session, my coach asked me some questions. And finally, when I peeled back the layers, I realized my thought I was having was for me to be a good wife, I have to manage this for Dell. I have to save Dell's life. Like, that's me being a good wife. And so that was so interesting to me when I finally pulled that out, that 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 had been my thought, that that a good wife does this. So I want to take that thought I've had and use the work on that thought. For me to be a good wife, I have to manage Dale. Let's dive in. So the first question, is it true? Is it true for me to be a good wife, do I have to manage him? I have to really sit in that. And my first inclination is, yes, I do. But then if I go ask that second question, is that really true? I don't know. I, I, it becomes fuzzy for me. Like, well, maybe I, I'm not supposed to manage him. Maybe I'm not supposed to manage his health. Um, and I even have thoughts of, I have to manage this or he will die. I have to be a good wife because if he doesn't manage this, he will die. Like that's the that's the progression so there there it's all out there so who am i with this thought well you know dang well i'm not fun to live with i'm like micromanaging him i'm in charge of him i'm like telling him what he can and ha- cannot have at restaurants i'm pointing out to him what things he can have he probably feels like he's like my 2 year old right But that's not my intention. But that is who I am with that thought. For me to be a good wife, I have to manage this and save your life. So who would I be without this thought? Well, I could just drop it all. I could let husband be husband (laughs) and do what he's going to do. And he be in charge of him. He's a pretty smart guy. He probably could figure things out and do things the way he thinks is best that's his agency cuz i'm over here like oh no i'm going to manage your agency so i probably could drop it and let him have his agency and wow i probably could show up in such better love for him right <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah that's that's a game changer i could be such a different person to my husband because let's not pretend that me managing my husband wasn't affecting our marriage it absolutely was and Still is because I'm trying to unwind it. I'm trying to do better, right? All right, so let's go turn it around. So the thought is, for me to be a good wife, I have to manage my husband and save his life. (laughs) For me to be a good wife, I have to let husband manage husband. To be a good wife, I have to manage me. And let's go to that part where he could die, I have to manage my husband so he won't die. I have to manage my husband so I won't die. Because really, me trying to manage someone, you know how exhausting that is? That's just me digging an early grave. <laughs> it's not serving me all of that wanting to be in charge of him and being frustrated with his choices or his his, you know, conforming or not conforming. That's just killing me. That's not helping anyone. That's just making my life miserable and his too. So that turnaround, I do not have to be a, it does not make me a good wife to manage him. There's another way to turn it around. That does not make me a good wife. And I would say that probably is true. It does not make me a good wife to manage my husband. So there, see how there's power in that? There's power in asking the four questions and then turning it around. Let's go to one more example. And I think that you might relate to this one. I just think a lot of women do. So my daughter has a friend, and I don't know this friend. I just know that my daughter screenshotted a story that this friend shared. And basically the story was... um, I'm so excited because I'm making these changes and I'm excited to see what happens because my body has always been my greatest trial. And she screenshotted that and sent that to me. And the girl is in the story and you, with a full body shot and I can see her body and she just has an average body, people. Like, yeah, I'm sure the world would tell her she should have a smaller body, but let's. I'm thinking, wow, her thoughts that this is her biggest trial... That just really stung when I read that. So her thought is, my body has always been my biggest trial. Let's go ask the four questions. Is it true? Is it true that your body is your biggest trial? If she was sitting here with me, and I could even, we don't even have to have her sitting here, because I think I have had this thought when I thought, that my reality was I had to live in a smaller body. So maybe I have had this thought. I don't know that I've said the biggest trial, but I think all of us can relate to this with whatever part of your body is not your favorite, right? And thinking that it's a trial. So is it true? Is her body her biggest trial? I mean, I'm thinking maybe if you've had like heart surgery or um blindness or... If you're deaf, or you've had to navigate um, cancer, like, you know what I mean? Like, maybe bodies can create trials, but a body existing in a little bit bigger form than society, you know, says is worthy. I don't know that that's our biggest trial. So I would say, no, that's not true. And I'm pretty sure we can say that is not true, if, that we are sure about that, we could, that we can be sure that that's not true. And then who am I when I have this thought that my body is my biggest trial? A thought that comes to me is when we have that thought, think of all the gratitude that we're not even allowed to have with that thought. Our bodies are such amazing gifts from God. And when we believe that they are our biggest trial, we're like at war with ourselves. We pick up those weapons of war, we go on diets, we fight ourselves. Like, you have to live in this body. And to say that this body is my biggest trial, this thing that I live in, I don't think we show up very nice when that is the thought. And then who would we be without this thought? I I mean, you're all thinking it right. Like You can show up in gratitude. You can have some acceptance. You can actually start loving the body God gave you. And I think when I say that, everyone thinks, oh, I'm never going to love the way my body looks. That's not what I'm saying. You can love your body and maybe not even love how it looks in the beginning. And eventually, you, I think you have the power in your thoughts to get there. But if you, think you're tri- if you think that your body is your biggest trial, you can never even accept it and you can never have gratitude about it. You can choose for it to be worthy. And by dropping the thought that it's my biggest trial, create space for that. And then let's turn it around. So anytime that you have something you're struggling with you can always put your thought in there instead of the thing that you're struggling with right we said that earlier too so believe so I believe my body is my biggest trial I believe my thoughts are my biggest trial my biggest trial is me do you see that there's power in that it's never the body. It's always our thoughts. And that the work, if you do the work and you ask the for questions and you turn it around, that will always, always get you to the place where you can see where you are at in the problem. And it can bring you peace. I love Byron Katie's work. I would love for you to go read some of her stuff. I want to tell you the first thing I learned about Byron Katie was, um, Burt Castillo shared about Byron Katie as one of her mentors. So that's how I knew about her and Byron Katie. She shared a story about Byron Katie because Byron Katie, one of her messages is to love what is. And, I actually have a podcast named that. And I hadn't even, I don't know that I ever even knew that Katie's book is called Loving What Is. But anyway, it's interesting that I use those same words. But what she says is, whatever your challenge is, that has to become your favorite thing. And she showed the example, she showed the example of Byron Katie was having eye surgery and she possibly could lose her eyesight. And so Byron Katie decided, well, I guess being blind is going to be my favorite thing. And she decided that wholeheartedly with no hesitation. And when I heard this message, I remember I was walking. I was on my morning walk and I heard this. And this was at a time where when we built our restaurant, my husband, remember God told me, stay out of his business. This is his business. And that was great. Like that worked. But there was a time where... In the beginning, our business was losing a lot of money every month, and I didn't know this. And when I finally learned this, I think my husband had kind of just been protecting me from it. He didn't want to stress me out. It's very normal for businesses to do this, especially restaurants in the beginning. But when I learned this, I felt the call from God differently that I needed to get involved and that I needed to help my husband grow his social media presence with his restaurant. So I was, so when I'm on this walk listening to this message, I'm in the thick of that. I'm learning Facebook ads, I'm learning Instagram, that's not platforms I was super familiar with, especially Instagram, and I just really was uncomfortable and I didn't enjoy it and I felt like I was like having to do this thing and when I heard that I thought, oh my goodness, no, learning, marketing, it's gonna be my favorite thing. Yep, I'm gonna, this is my new favorite thing and just that energy changed. I stopped my pity party that I was having to do something new and something hard and something that I didn't really choose. It all went away. It just became my favorite thing. And I have to say, time in this process that I don't enjoy the next thing I'm trying to do to get my message out. I have to remind myself, oh, no, this is my favorite thing. It's not hard. It's just my favorite thing, and I'm, I'm doing it. And it will happen, in the timing, it's supposed to happen, and everything's working out in my favor for good. Like, I can just turn that around, and it's Byron Katie's words I hear in my mind that this is my favorite thing. And what a blessing I had that experience because now when I'm trying to get my message out and I'm trying to find all my number twos, that's what I call you if you're someone who's like me and is a number two. I want to find them and I want to share my message with them. And there will be a time when I start running Facebook ads and Instagram ads. And now I have all that knowledge and it's fine. It's great. And it's wonderful that that will not feel hard to me when I'm ready for that next step. And so, yeah, it's my favorite thing. So whatever you're doing, same thing. It can be your favorite thing. So those are my little nuggets from Byron Katie that I've just loved. And now I use in my life with myself, I use it with the women that come to me for help, along with other tools. But this is definitely one of the tools I use in my tool belt. And hopefully it's something that blesses you by hearing this today. And if you want to hear more, go find Byron Katie. She has lots of books and they're very fun to listen to because she actually, you hear her interview people and do the work with them and It's mind-blowing. You'll love it. Now, I have to say, she doesn't do it about the body as much as I want her to. So that's where I come in. I'm going to use her work when it comes to bodies. But um, it absolutely works when we're doing work on loving the body God gave us. All right, everybody, that's all I got today. Have a great day. Have a great day. Have a great day. And we'll see you next time. few things before you go, if you have found that you need help on your journey of taking amazing care of yourself and loving the space you take up in the world, please, I would love for you to come join us in my monthly membership coaching program called Breathe. Breathe is a place where like-minded women come together and help one another i help you by coaching you and then i record that and then other women will watch while you are helped and then you watch other women when they're helped and it's this community where women are helping women and it's so beautiful there's a lot of other perks when you're a breathe member so you receive coaching you get to watch other women be coached and then you also Get to have access to any course that I provide so right now there's two courses in the membership one is how to eat plant-based in 30 days without dieting so if you're at the very beginning of your journey that will help you so much now if you're a little bit further along in your journey you will probably love my course that is on self-care And it's a self-care course that you take over six weeks. And it's a way for you to come home to yourself and start figuring out what does love feel like for you. And this is a course that I usually offer just to a group coaching program. But now it's also offered in Breathe. Something else you'll have is you'll have this community of support. There will be a private Facebook group that you can check in with. And remember, you're gonna be seeing these other women be coached. So you will get to be, honestly, their best friends. It will be a wonderful community. And you know, sometimes when we eat plant-based and we try to leave diet culture, it's a little bit lonely. So that will be a wonderful support for you. last thing, I provide weekly meal plans I'm trying to think of everything I can to make this process of you loving you and you loving the space you take up in the world and you taking amazing care of yourself to have all the tools for that. And one tool to simplify your life is a weekly meal plan with a grocery list. And that will also be available on Breathe. And all of that will be available on an easy app so that you can access it on your phone and you can, um, it can be very user friendly for you. So come join me in breathe. You remember nothing in your life has to change for everything to change and that's the work we do in breathe. Have you come up for air? Have you needed help to keep breathing? I got you. Come join us in breathe. Have you downloaded my free commitment planner? Okay, if you haven't, you totally need to. It's such an easy way for you to make and keep commitments to yourself and honor those commitments. Go to my Instagram account and in the links in bio, there is an option there to download that for free. Totally go get that. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. If you're feeling like you're missing episodes, it's probably because you're not subscribed. So whatever wherever you listen, you just subscribe and then they will make sure that you don't miss an episode. Also. Are you part of my free Facebook group? If you're not, you should be. Come on over, share recipes with us. And it's just a really diet culture-free place to um, enjoy being online. And last of all, have you left me a review? Reviews is are really important because that's how other people find the podcast, is through a review. So how, wherever you listen, go ahead and leave me a review there so other people can get the help that they need through the podcast. All right, y'all are the best. Have the best day. See you next time.